Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome time 16. You know what that means. I have 16 special guests today. If you want to run with the Game Changers, I promise you're in the right place. The buzz today, raise a toast to the future. My quick opening quote was from Eric Hoffer. The only way to predict the future is to have the power to shape the future. There's our words of wisdom. So if you're wishing and hoping, dreaming and praying, you know how the song goes, for a real-time crystal ball so you can get a sneak peek at what 2016 may bring for your company, your industry, the world, your lifestyle, whatever it is, stay tuned because we have got the next best thing. Today is December 9th, 2015, last week on December 2nd, and next week on the 16th, I'm bringing you a total of more than 45 thought leaders. Why? Because they're going to share lightning speed predictions on the technologies, the strategies, and the trends that can help you grow and compete better next year and far into the future. You could say this is predictions on steroids, but I digress. So you're going to hear insights from 16 thought leaders today. Time for you to raise a glass of whatever you're drinking, Dom or Joe or Earl, and let's get started. First up, I have four guests per segment, and I I'm pleased to welcome in the first segment, Brian Kilcourse. Brian is recognized as one of the top retail tech leaders in the U.S. He's a managing partner at Retail Systems Research, a company focused on delivering research strategies and knowledge for the extended retail industry. A quick hello. How are you, Brian? Doing fine, Bonnie. Good morning. Thanks for joining me. And let me welcome also Robin Sates. She is the Chief Marketing Officer at BrainShark. Before that, she had a successful 25-year career with PTC, where she was Senior VP of Global Marketing and Operations. And Robin helped the company grow from $25 million to $1.3 billion in revenue. Welcome, Robin Sates. How are you, Robin? Great to be here, Bonnie. Thank you so much, and thanks for the tweets. Stephen Hunt, I'm pleased to welcome Stephen back. Dr. Stephen Hunt is Senior VP of Value Realization at Success Factors, where he guides development and implementation of tech-enabled solutions to maximize workforce engagement and productivity. He's the author of Common Sense Talent Management, Wiley Press 2014, and before that, Hiring Success, The Art and Science of Staffing Assessment and Employee Selection, Wiley Press 2007. Stephen, welcome back. How are you? Good. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for joining me. And rounding out this first panel is Jane Westman, president of Jane Westman. That's W-E-S-M-A-N, Public Relations. She's the author of Dive Right In, The Sharks Won't Bite, The Entrepreneurial Woman's Guide to Success. And she's a book marketing expert. Jane has launched such bestsellers as Stephen Covey's The Eighth Habit and Marcus Buckingham's The One Thing You Need to Know, as well as Spencer Johnson's Who Moved My Cheese. Jane Westman, how are you today? I'm great, Bonnie. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for joining me. And let's get started. Brian Kilcourse, your first up. I'm going to give you two minutes for predictions. What do you see coming down the pike on anything in your purview, Brian, for 2016? Go. I've got three for you, Bonnie. It all relates great. to retail and their partners. The first is you'll start to see a separation about between businesses who are addressing what we've characterized as a 360 degrees of visibility or what SAP calls the digital core from the from those who don't. And we're talking specifically about inventory, customer information, and product across the enterprise and something approaching real time. 
That in turn will trigger the next wave of technology investments, and a lot of those will be in the cloud. The second is we'll, we'll see the revitalization of the store. You'll, this is, we've been talking about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. It will include many things, but, of course, mobile apps will be very, very prevalent. Selling assistance either in the employee's hands or your own private concierge in the customer's hands. We'll start to see IoT tracking, um, geolocation tracking, uh, th- but that will also trigger privacy and security concerns uh, among the consumer base. And, of course, we're going to focus a, a lot more on relevance delivered to the, to the point of sale just as the customer is making a purchase decision in the aisle of the store. There's a lot of talk about the store starting to become much more of a showroom as it, as it integrates with the digital side of the world, and that, in fact, will happen in many verticals. The third one is one we've been talking about for a long time, and that, of course, is the rejiggering or the redesign, depending on how, what shape you're in, of the supply chain from a push-oriented model to a much more push-pull-oriented model where the store is not just a destination for inventory but is also a potential source. And this is going to change the nature of things significantly and also will trigger a round of investment in that side of the business. And those are my three predictions. Wonderful, Brian. Quick question. How do I get a personal concierge? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm not supposed to to, uh, pump a particular technology, but I suspect if you have an iPad, you'll be able to do that pretty soon. Well, I have the iPad. I'm ready. Uh, we, we On our last week's prediction special part one, somebody mentioned that more and more retailers are enabling you to do your ordering directly from social media. So if you're on Twitter and you click a certain link, you can actually order right from there without having to go to the website. Is that a trend? That's really true. And the, you know, the point of, of that is is that consumers don't see what we call channels. They, they see an mm-hmm. experience. And so we'll start to see people uh, de-emphasize the notion of omni-channel and instead talking about experiential retailing, which is what consumers want and what retailers have to deliver. So that's what you're talking about. Thank you. And I'd love to see omni-channel go away because I never know whether to spell it with or without the hyphen. But I digress. (laughs) Brian Kilgore, thank you, my dear. Robin Sates, you're up next. What do you see in your crystal ball, Robin, for 2016? Go ahead. My prediction, Bonnie, is around sales enablement and how it will be a major focus for B2B companies in 2016 and beyond. For some of your listeners, this may beg the question, what exactly is sales enablement? Sales enablement has really changed over the past several years. When the discipline first emerged, it focused heavily on training, product training in particular. There was less of an emphasis on competencies required in sales reps and sales leaders, little to no focus on the selling process as a whole, and limited technology options. But today, for many B2B companies, selling is harder and more complex than ever. Some studies show that up to two-thirds of reps aren't meeting quota. This is a huge problem, and I'm seeing real urgency around solving it. Buyers are increasingly well-informed, and sales reps need to deliver real value in every conversation so they can close more deals. This change in buyer behavior, combined with less-than-stellar sales productivity results, requires a multi-pronged approach and an expanded commitment to sales enablement. So for my first prediction, I expect to see an increase in companies dedicating resources specifically to sales enablement, both in terms of people and technology. Of course, that doesn't mean the function will exist in a vacuum. It is a strategic and collaborative role with the ability to drive real alignment among sales, marketing, product teams, and the executives. These trends and predictions on sales enablement and its weightier role are borne out by a study we just released with Forbes Insights. Among the findings there, more than seven in 10 C-level executives say sales productivity is critical to future growth, 
and 72% of companies that far exceeded revenue targets have a defined sales enablement function compared to only 30% of underperforming organizations. That's real powerful validation. Of course, content and technology are also important parts of the sales enablement equation, which brings me to another prediction related to technology specifically. Right now, there are a lot of point solutions on the market addressing individual components of the sales enablement puzzle, for example, training, content, and coaching. In the year ahead, we're going to see consolidation in the space as companies look for comprehensive technology offerings that centralize and tie these sales enablement pieces together right inside their CRM solution in a way that helps reps and managers reach their full potential. So those are my predictions, Bonnie. Thank you very much. And I think any salesperson who is not aware that they might be almost the last one to invited to the party, if you will, Robin, uh, we, most of us are, are 80%, 60, 70, 80% of the way through our buying journey before we even want to speak to a real person or connect with someone. So yes, everything has changed. Thank you so much, Robin. Wonderful. And let me turn to Stephen Hunt, Dr. Stephen Hunt, if you will. Stephen, I'm ready for your predictions. Go ahead. Oh, thanks. Um, so mine are all having to do with human capital management and how companies manage their workforces and the impact that digitalization is having on that. And um, I say these predictions really only matter to you if you work for someone or you know someone who works for someone else. So um, it's really about changing how we manage people. And I have sort of three from narrow to more broad. I think one of the things will be a continuation of performance management and companies really rethinking how should we be evaluating people's performance and recognizing them. Um, I think one of the things that are related to that is we're going to stop talking about getting rid of ratings, which I don't think anyone's really doing, and start talking about how can we evaluate people more consistently and fairly and effectively, and how can we have better ongoing coaching conversations, which is not about getting rid of stuff, it's about creating things. The second one, and it's related to this, is I think companies are going to get more and more serious about stamping out bad management. Um, we know how to manage people well. We need to manage people well with a sort of scarce labor market. And companies that have bad manager behavior in them, it's a little bit like a city that has trash. If your city has a lot of trash, the only reason it does is because your city tolerates it. We know how to get rid of garbage. We know how to, like, not have littered streets. It's the same thing with bad management. We know how to manage people well. We've known it for years. Companies just tolerate bad management, and they don't train managers on how to be good managers, and they let them, and as a result, you have bad management. But I think we're really finally seeing, because of technology, tools so people can manage well, but also these tools allow companies to truly measure whether or not managers are managing. And the last one, which is a very broad level, is I think um, HR and IT over the last several years have formed a really great partnership working together. The next big one is HR and finance. The good news is mm. HR and finance, I think we talk at each other more than we used to, but we still don't talk with each other and really talking about what are the people implications of financial decisions and the financial implications of people decisions. And I think what's going to pull these two groups together is one, business necessity around workforce management, and the second thing is better data so that we can share data showing how the relationship is between the people that work for you and the financial numbers they create. Thank you, Stephen Hunt. And I saved two and a half minutes for Jane Westman at Jane Westman PR. Go ahead, Jane. Predict for me. Um, Bonnie, I have three predictions. Two, of course, are about women in business. Um, mm -hmm. As it's now the 20th anniversary of the publication of my book about women in business, as you know, I'm very interested in that topic. But I, I want to begin with a more general topic about um, about sustainability. I think that we're at a tipping point, and businesses 
have now come to realize that they need to be good global citizens. And uh, they, they can no longer get away with waste or with actions that destroy the planet. Therefore, I think the concepts of, of sustainability as it affects people, the planet, our natural resources, um, and economic growth are going to become a much greater part of overall corporate strategy. And I think we're at a tipping point as we go into this next year where we're going to see much more uh, thinking about being good global citizens. As far that my second prediction is about women, and I think the time has finally come where businesses have woken up to the fact that all research is pointing to the fact that companies with more women leaders at the top are more profitable than companies mm-hmm. that are run solely by men. Therefore, I predict in 2016 we will see many more women joining corporate boards, and I am hopeful more women actually leading companies. And I think that's based on both profitability and the understanding that women can do a great job. The third prediction is about um, women-owned businesses. I think that uh, women are going to be starting more and more businesses than ever in 2016. I think the tipping point, though, is that their businesses are going to become more profitable than ever. And I think the reason is that we are focusing more and more on women as mentors and women as role models. And as we now have so many women who are stepping up to the plate to mentor other women and to be strong role models, I think we'll see that women running their own businesses will begin to really take their place in terms of um, feeling positive about money, positive about negotiating for what their products and services are worth. Those are my three predictions. Thank you, Jane, so much. I am almost out of time in this segment, but I cannot let the four of you go without asking, what's your favorite holiday drink? So just give me a one-liner. Brian Kilcourse, what do you be drinking this holiday? Oh, I like the annual Anchor Steam Beer Christmas release. It's different every single year. Ooh, that sounds like fun. I'll have to look it yeah. up. Robin Sates, what will you be drinking this holiday? I'm a fan of hot mulled cider. Mmm, sounds good. The hot part sounds good, too. Stephen Hunt, what do you be drinking? Uh, I like Anchor Steam Christmas Ale, but I prefer Hopworks Urban Brewery Abominable Winter Ale. Whoa, that was a <laughs> mouthful. Thank you. I can't even pronounce it. Jane Westman, what's going to be in your cup? Um, I'm sorry. It's going to be water, lots and lots of water <laughs> to make it through this holiday season. Well, um, we send you our, our condolences. And I a have any bit of eggnog. There we go. I hope there's a little something in there, whether it's whipped cream or a little bit of rum. Brian Kilcourse, Robin Sates, Dr. Stephen Hunt, and Jane Westman. Such a pleasure welcoming you. Thank you for your predictions. I wish you all a wonderful holiday and a predictably successful 2016. I'm going to say goodbye to the four of you. We're going to take a break of about 60 seconds. And when I come back, I will have four more thought leaders. We're looking forward to speaking with Benjamin Robbins, Joseph Miles, Hugh McCullen, and Andrea France. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that dial. We're Just getting started. Justin, out. 
when it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and this is our prediction special, part two. It's December 9, 2015, and I've got four more wonderful thought leaders waiting on the line to share what they see coming down the pike in 2016 and beyond. I'm just going to do a little bio introduction on each. They'll all say hello, and then we will dive in. We are first welcoming Benjamin Robbins. He said I could call him Ben. We've known each other long enough. He's the principal and co-founder of Palador, P-A-L-A-D-O-R. He's got 15 years of experience in mobile and real-time strategy, planning and tech implementation for global organizations. And Ben is one of the top 50 mobile influencers on Twitter. Happy to hear that. Ben, welcome. How are you? I'm great. It's awesome to be here. Well, uh, it's awesome to have you here. Thank you very much. Second up, pleased to welcome Joe Miles. Joe is SAP Global VP of the Life Sciences Industry. He has diverse business and consulting experience with life sciences and leads SAP's global life science practice. Joe has been on several shows with me this year talking about life sciences and health devices and all that good stuff. Joe Miles, how are you? I'm doing fine, Bonnie. Great to be here. Thank you for joining me. Third up, calling all the way from across the pond. I don't know if people still say that anymore. London, it's Hugh McCullen. He was VP of Axiom Europe. That's A-X-X-I-O-M-E. He's responsible for strategy and change consulting and financial services across Europe. And he says his background comes from what he describes as an apprenticeship in a corporate banking back office at Scotiabank. And then he started working at IBM and Accenture. And he's been at Axiom for four years. Hugh McCullen, how are you? I'm good, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. And rounding out the panel, we have Andrea France. She's a retail apparel and footwear executive. I think she's the only footwear executive I know with over 25 years of buying, merchandising, store operations, and technology systems experience in fashion apparel, footwear, wholesale, and specialty retail industries. And I wish we could see Andrea's shoes. I have no idea what she wears, but I bet they're gorgeous. Andrea France, welcome. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Wonderful. And by the way, I didn't mention I met you when you were at SAP, and now you're with Capgemini, and you are the fashion principal of consumer products and retail practice since April of this year. So very happy to reconnect with you, Andrea. So let's get started. Benjamin, Ben Robbins, whatever you want to be called, give me your top three or however many predictions you have. What do you see coming down the pike? Go ahead. 
I think uh, 2016 is going to be um, a, a huge year. You're going to hear a lot about um, digital uh, transformation. And really what that is, <clears throat> if you take a step back real quick, is it's the, the mashup of buzzword bingo that we've been hearing for the last several years. So you have cloud, big data, mobile, um, analytics, AI, all of these things are kind of um, gelling into one thing that we're now looking at and, and um, calling digital transformations. So you can hear a lot about that. And, and really where that comes from, and I think, you know, part of my prediction is everybody's gotten comfortable with those, with those buzzwords, right? It used to be people were like, oh, what's mobile? What is this thing? How can it help me? Or, you know, what's big data? How, how much do I have? What can I do with it? Or cloud, you know, how can that help me? And I think that a lot of IT leadership has become very comfortable with this idea of these technologies. And now they want to start looking at how do I put them together? How do I make all of these things work for me in effective ways that gets me, you know, that, that last little bit that, that gives me that, that killer feature? And that's where this term that you're going to hear over and over again, digital transformation, um, comes from. It's, it's a comfort with lots of technologies coming together to really put together that, that, that last mile that people have been looking for. And what that's going to do is you're going to really start to see people <clears throat> talk about um, technology from an outcome-based perspective. They're really going to start talking about it <clears throat> in terms of what does this actually mean for me in my, in my industry, in my sector, in my business. And hopefully we move away from uh, you know, a lot of kind of more vague ideas of, of technology and really start to help people drill down on specifically how can these, all of these technologies come together to help, help my business um, drive forward in ways that you know that we've been promised for a long time, but but by themselves, you know, it's been it's been a challenge to have them deliver. So digital transformation is going to drive that that coming together, and I think we're going to hear a lot about that in 2017. Thank you very much. As a matter of fact, we are launching a whole bunch of new SAP Game Changers radio series next year, Ben, and one of them will be Digital Industries Changing the Game. So we're looking there forward to more on Digit. There you go. You couldn't have mentioned a better buzzword. I just put together the template to get the series started into production. Thank you so much. Let's turn to Joe Miles. Joe, I'm ready for your predictions. Hit it. All right. Well, 2016 is going to be a continuum, uh, an interesting year coming off of several pretty interesting years within life sciences. I think one of the things that we're going to be seeing as much as Ben was just describing, this concept of digital transformation really hitting in a variety of areas. I think one of the things that, that you're going to see really re- transforming the industry is pay for outcome or out- outcome-based healthcare at some level where health healthcare expenses, as we know, globally have been, you know, really at, at, moving at a rate that's completely unsustainable. And so organizations uh, and governments are actually looking at revamping that whole approach where instead of selling products, instead of selling um, Drugs and uh, they're they're providing uh, services based on uh, and reimbursements based on an outcome, a health outcome. Um, we're already starting to see that it's uh, the investment. If you think about what America has done, the U.S. example of upwards of 20% of their GDP is is goes into healthcare expense, except uh, with the caveat that we we really don't have much uh, better healthcare than than many other places in the world who are spending you know at least half that level. So we're going to see that continuing in the digital transformation will really be enabling it. And we're already starting to see some of that happen. And just recently, there were some agreements between um, Amgen, actually, and, uh, and Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare around the Repatha um, cholesterol drug around different types of reimbursements based on outcomes. Uh, Merck and Cigna doing some things also with uh, diabetes drugs, looking at reimbursements based on uh, the ability of those products controlling uh, the blood sugar levels for certain di- diabetic uh, patients. As an extension of that, we're also going to see, I think, this concept of personalized uh, medicine um, 
some may call it precision medicine, but basically targeting down to a segment of one. And the digital transformation is really enabling that given the, the rapid pace of of genomic analysis and the ability now for organizations um, and physicians and healthcare and health sciences um, companies to identify specific patient populations, uh, in, typically in a, in a genetic or genomic uh, perspective of those populations, and their predisposition to a positive outcome for a particular therapeutic uh, protocol. Um, it is uh, still a long way to go. We are making tremendous uh, advances. There's several uh, immunotherapies, which I find just to be remarkable products, and their ability to deal with uh, very nasty diseases like oncology and, and various types of cancers. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see that, and it's an exciting time um, that impacts all of us as we think about um, you know, the healthcare and, and the all of our friends and families we've we've been touched by over the years. The last thing I wanted to highlight was the use of, again, this digital transformation and how that's translating into um, capturing data uh, both in a clinical and a commercial sense. And the use of what the, the industry terms as real-world data, basically real-world patient data, that's captured through a variety of sensors, devices, uh, Cell phones. There's a there's a litany of them. We all are familiar with whether it's a Fitbit or uh, de- devices that are that are all over that are capturing these vast amounts of data, but they're capturing it in ways that one are completely seamless to the to the patient. It increases the accuracy. It increases the the usage of the data. Makes it much more relevant. Uh, we're going to see that continuing to proliferate. We're already seeing upwards of three, 400 uh, clinical trials that are currently in use that are using real-world data, using sensors to capture that data. So I think we're going to continue to see that explode, and uh, I think the, the implications um, on all of this will be, will be dramatic. So it's going to be an exciting time. Thank you. An exciting time and a promising time. And I have to mention, Joe, that on November 19th, I hosted a show on our Internet of Things with Game Changers series. The title of the episode was Medicine by the Slice, Curing Cancer One Patient at a Time. And we were privileged to have Kevin Fitzpatrick, the CEO of Cancer Link, as well as Stephanie Huber at Deloitte and Greg McStravick, GM and Global Head of SAP Database and Technology. So very interesting topic. Thank you so much. And let's turn to our third guest right now. Hugh McCullen at Axiom. Hugh, I'm ready for your predictions. Let's do it and see if you can do it in two minutes. Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, I've got to agree with Joe and Ben. Uh, the agenda is, is being driven by digital transformation, in certainly in, in banking. And here in London, we're right in the maelstrom of the uh, fintech revolution as well. So there's a huge drive towards creation of new solutions and digitally transforming existing operations to take cost out. So while I agree with that, I'm predicting that 2016 is going to become the year of social inclusion, I'll call it, where we'll effectively start deploying fintech innovations, not just for um, corporations and organizations that we understand, but also to help the unfortunate. So a bit more uh, humanity-focused use of of innovations. So, you know, for example, um, I would predict that in, in the years to come, in 2016, we're going to see a huge swing towards providing services to the unbanked, the underbanked. A huge percentages of people in the Western world just don't have access to banking. And as it becomes cheaper to provide simple services and cash transmission services, I think that market will start to get served a little bit better. That uh, is important if you look at certain countries like uh, Sweden and Denmark, where they're, they're now permitting shops to stop taking cash. So you've got mm-hmm. to get people inside the digital, the digital world. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
and equally, um, that will start to uh, allow them to get into the uh, uh, extra services like credit services and get potentially the opportunities to um, become even more useful members of society. But looking at uh, probably the biggest news of the, at the moment, I could imagine um, 2016 will see the development of much more focused digital refugee banks, so the ability to provide displaced people with banking services in a way that minimizes or reduces fraud or crime against people going through what's probably the worst, the worst situation in their lives, and yet uh, it's difficult to provide all of the relevant support for them. So if you've got, for example, very middle-class people who are fleeing Syria, how do we provide them with banking services so they still have their, you know, they retain their humanity and their ability to uh, self-direct where necessary? And then supporting that, I think one of my other predictions will be the, uh, the kind of development of standard services or shared certified services for um, things like know your customer and, and anti-money laundering. The principle there being um, once we've got a certified standard digital approach, we can cut out a lot of the duplication of expensive um, anti-money laundering checks by, by just doing it once but having it certified for all the players. And I think that's also going to give uh, an opportunity for the non-governmental organizations to deploy their resources much more effectively, much more quickly, and, and make better use of the international banking network in order to um, uh, get their services delivered more effectively in, in whatever projects they've got approved. So I think, Thank you know, you. overall, I think yep. let's look at that all in a, in a positive for the year ahead. I think it will be positive, and thank you so much. Andrea France, I saved two minutes for you. We're a little over time, but I want to hear what you have to say. So go ahead, Andrea. Thanks. What do you predict for Thanks, 2016? Bonnie. So I want to uh, talk about this in terms of retail digital transformation. And okay. where Joe had talked about going down to one patient with um, the detail of the patient's history, in retail, I predict that um, retailers are going to have to worry about consumers' future needs and do this by um, by predictive analytics. So I really predict that more retailers will jump on this bandwagon in 2016. And because of that, I think they're going to have to uh, think about their supply chain optimization and customer fulfillment. And many retailers now in an omni-channel digital world cannot figure out their inventory between their channels. And I think this is really going to be something that drives retail technology in 2016. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is the difference between millennials and Generation X. And I really uh -huh. think that we need to start thinking about Generation X as shoppers. Um, these guys have been born after 9-11, and a moniker that stuck with them is the Homelanders because um, they were born after the Department of Homeland Security in America has started. <laughs> and these kids absolutely are digital to the nth degree. They've never not grown up with technology or social media, if you think about when this rise happens. So they are going to shop differently. They are absolutely going to shop differently. And I really think that they're different than millennials and they need, and we need to start worrying about what's going to happen with them. Um, 
they say things like technology has helped my generation understand people who are different in terms of race, religion, and sexuality. And they're bearers of a new perspective on the forces that have shaped them from gadgets and social media. Um, technology has helped my generation understand people who are different. Um, they are more cautious and safety preoccupied because they grew up in a post 9-11 world. So when we look at how people shop, it's going to be very, very, very interesting because if you look at Black Friday and Cyber Monday and how people shopped, the store is becoming less important. There were more sales online than in-store. And I think that we need to worry about how the next generations are going to be shopping and how the store is becoming less important. So my prediction is not um, 2016 this is going to happen, but I believe within the next 10 years the store is going to be the least important channel that everyone shops in, and they're not going to hold inventory. They're going to hold samples for people to work, to come in and browse and try on, and then what's going to happen is one-day delivery is going to, or same-day delivery is going to get them their goods immediately. Thank you, Andrea. I have to cut us here. I need a one-word answer from each of you before we wrap this. We've got four more guests waiting in the wings. Ben Robbins, your favorite holiday drink. One word. Eggnog latte. Wonderful. Joe Miles, favorite holiday drink? Various craft beers. Wonderful. Hugh McCullen? Probably a Saint-Emilion from Bordeaux. Très bien. And Andrea France, favorite holiday drink? My favorite drink is martinis, vodka martinis, and it doesn't matter if it's a holiday or not. Okay. (laughs) Ben Robbins, Joe Miles, Hugh McCullough, and Andrea Friends, thank you so much for joining me. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, I will be welcoming four more panelists. We're looking for Prashant Kulkani, Kevin Wheeler, and Julia Goga-Cook. And I'm going to do the predictions for John Everts from Mediafly, who couldn't join us. So don't even think of touching. Oh, you know the deal. Let's go. Justin, out. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag sapradio Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time for segment three on our prediction special part two. That's a lot of numbers I'm throwing around on this segment. I'm pleased to welcome Prashant Kulkarni. He is with Tech Mahindra. He heads it. It's the SAP Business Analytics Practice for North America. And Prashant told me very privately, but no longer, his favorite sport is cricket. And he represented his cricket club in states leagues and his college in university leagues as the captain. Prashant, welcome. How are you? 
I'm doing good, Bonnie. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show again. Oh, delighted. Nice to hear your voice again. And let me welcome your co-panelist. Second up is Kevin Wheeler. Kevin is a globally known speaker, author, futurist, I love that term, and consultant in talent management, human capital acquisition, learning and development. He has founded many organizations, including the Future of Talent Institute, Global Learning Resources, and the Australasian Talent Conference Limited. Kevin Wheeler, how are you? I'm fine, Bonnie. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for joining me. Let's welcome our third panelist in the segment, Julia Goga-Cook. That's G-O-G-A-C-O-O-K-E. She's an academic, journalist, design thinking coach, and entrepreneur. She leads G Consultancy Innovation and IOEE Academy of Enterprise and Innovation. And I have to mention that Julia was at the BBC for 16 years in her previous life on air and in senior editorial and leadership positions. And her weekly e-zine is Inspired to Innovate. Welcome, Julia. How are you today? I'm very well, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you, you for joining me. I'm good. I'm going to ask you when I get back to you for predictions, I'm going to ask you to talk just a little bit louder for me, Julia. And our fourth panelist cannot call in, but he sent me his predictions. He would have been. He is somewhere. John Everts, E-V-A-R-T-S. He's the COO and CFO of Mediafly, a tech company that helps complex organizations drive revenue through increased engagement with sales content on any device. So let's get started. Prashant Kulkarni at Tech Mahindra. I'm ready. Two minutes predictions. Let's go. Thanks, Boni. Um, as reflected in your part uh, one and uh, Ben earlier, these are exciting times where we are seeing convergence of multiple technologies like big data, in-memory computing, Internet of Things, cloud, mobility, etc. These technologies are truly helping um, build solutions for better livability and economic prosperity. We are seeing that happen. So I, I would like to talk more about um, these technologies being used in smart cities. Um, you remember we had a discussion on how we are building uh, IoT solutions to address the challenge of uh, growing electric cars and the problem that it creates on utilities. Uh, we are integrating these solutions also into smart cities. And what we are seeing, uh, I, I would like to kind of share more around the smart cities that initiatives that we see in 2016. Uh, and the recently held uh, Paris uh, Climate Summit, uh, 120 countries are, have come together to form a new alliance for large-scale adoption of solar energy. Uh, we have seen governments, uh, uh, government of India announce about 100 new smart cities. Uh, even yesterday there was an announcement uh, where Ontario government is investing about $20 million uh, towards installing hundreds of EV chargers. Um, Gartner says that uh, smart cities will use 1.6 billion connected devices a 40% increase compared to this year. So what what I see predicting here are that not only the uh, investments are going to come in smart cities, this technology is being leveraged to provide better solutions. Uh, there, will, there are also challenges that are associated with this. A um, lot of these devices uh, still come with a lot of proprietary uh, solutions. There are hundreds of startups who are developing uh, amazing open source solutions Integrating them would still be a challenge. Um, what I believe is going to happen in 2016, uh, we would be focusing on developing open standards, device inter interoperability, and developing working synergies between IT, OT, service providers, municipals, social organizations, and citizens. And um, before I conclude, uh, Bonnie, you mentioned in your previous program that uh, you desire for a right, uh, bright red car 
and a painted <laughs> blue car next week, right? So, yes. well, guess what? In future scapes of smart cities, you may choose not to buy cars. Cars will be available to you as a service. You can select the make, color, size, a small car for your office or a SUV for your family outing on, uh, you know, with uh, just on your mobile. These cars will be self-driven and they'll be available on your doorstep in minutes. That's what I'm looking for. Prashant, thank you for remembering. You're very sweet. Let me turn quickly to Kevin Wheeler. Kevin, talk to me. What is your futuristic view? I can give you exactly two minutes, Kevin. We have to keep it tight. Go ahead. All right, I'll keep it short. I think, first of all, we're going to see a lot more conversation and discussion around the gig economy or the Uber workforce or whatever we term end up calling it, but this is the contingent workforce that's growing significantly in the U.S., and I think both legally and from an HR and recruiting perspective, we're going to find in 2016 lots of conversation, discussion, and disagreement over the future of this uh, kind of worker and uh, how they're going to be categorized legally. I think we're going to also see an increased focus, uh, and, and hopefully this will really happen in, in a, a large scale, an increased focus on women in the workplace, especially women in higher positions, leadership positions in corporations. I think here in Silicon Valley there's been a tremendous push this year to increase the representation of women, and I think this is going to continue. We're really, I think, moving very quickly into an economy that's much more heavily driven by women than by men. I think we're going to see this come to greater fruition in 2016. And my, my final one is I think in the workplace we're seeing uh, a new focus on the generalist, uh, away from the highly specialized person who, of course, will continue to exist, but often in more of the consultant or advisor role. And I think we're going to find a lot more generalists in the workplace and more focus on finding people with a broader set of skills that can be applied uh, in many places to the new organization. Thank you, Kevin. Wonderful. Thanks for keeping it so tight. Julia Goga-Cook, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Two minutes. Get me your predictions. Go ahead, Julia. Thanks, Bonnie. Well, I would say that uh, I'm not repeating what my colleague said about the big data, but one of the predictions is that people are going to be using data in a way that combines big data with also what we call sick data, which is the kind of data that design thinkers, anthropologists, um, bring by creating deep understanding of the people, be them the employees, the clients, or the consumers. My second prediction is in the way how we learn. I think we will see more efforts this year to design innovative combinations that create learning spaces which are both virtual and real, global and local, and individual and network, and the way, for example, how MOOCs and meetups are combining to create that is fascinating, mm-hmm. and companies are taking note. My third prediction, Bonnie, is about entrepreneurship and demography. We have always connected startups with young people, but as 2016, we'll see more baby boomers like me leaving the corporate world and reflecting what they're going to do with their time, with their money, and with their aspirations in the next stage of their lives. Many will start their own companies. And I will say, hey, join the club of the founders over 50. 
<laughs> Thank you. I so much of interesting of what you just said. Thank you, Julia. And I'm going to do a quick read of John Everett's from MediaFly. He sent me his predictions. Number one, central banks, central stage. John says central banks will remain in laser focus as global markets pay close attention to how aggressively the eurozone will stimulate economies. And then he says he expects the Fed to raise rates, S-L-O-W-L-Y, children out of the room, slowly. As a result, prediction number two, ready cash will continue to fuel business growth and innovation. Companies will be looking for even more creative ways to leverage unique opportunities in capital markets as well as increasing cash from operations. And number three, unrealized productivity gains from these investments will begin to be realized. And John's bold predictions is that investments made by companies in new technologies will result in unexpected results to the upside. Keyword upside. Quickly, Prashant, what's your favorite holiday drink? Tell me one word. It's going to be coffee. Oh, okay. Kevin Wheeler, what will you be drinking over the holidays? A lovely glass of single malt. I love it. Thank you. Julia Goga, what will you be drinking? Oh, I'll have Mulberry Rakia from southeastern Albania. Oh, got to look that one up. Prashant Kulkarni, thank you. Kevin Wheeler, thank you. Julia Goga Cook, thank you. And John Everett's in absentia. We're going to move on to our fourth segment. We'll be back in 60 seconds. We're almost on time. Thanks for helping me catch up. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I'm yep. just going to simply say, don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more. Justin, out. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on social selling. Learn how you can become the savvy leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next wave of business innovation. Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. For women, the pressure to achieve is stronger, the work hours longer, and the struggle for respect and authority more complex than ever. You want guidance on how to succeed, and you are not alone. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series, Game Changing Women. 
powerful women leaders will help you make sense of it all, analyze how you can change the game, and share their playbooks. Game-Changing Women, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and we're rounding out predictions special segment number two, part number two. It's December 9th, and we're going to close out the show with four more thought leaders. First up, I'd like to welcome Jeff Hattendorf. Jeff founded MacRespect with Randy Marvel in 2005, and MacRespect is number 259 on the 2013 Inc. 500 list of fastest-growing private companies in America. Jeff Hattendorf, welcome. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me. Hang on. Let me introduce our other guests. Jack Schmidt started his career at Johnson & Johnson. That's J&J. He spent his entire career, more than 25 years, in the life science industry, working in pharmaceuticals, biotech, and medical devices. Jack Schmidt, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Delighted to have you. Owen Pettiford, I hope he's with us. He was on the conference line. Owen is an experienced technologist. He is the founder and co-CEO of Comprise IT, a company that is building apps on top of SAP since 2007. He loves traveling and classic cars. Owen Pettiford, how are you today? I'm very good, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Good. Glad you're with us. And rounding out, we have Nina Kaufman. Nina is AskTheBusinessLawyer.com. She is an SBA Women in Business champion. She's the Entrepreneur.com legal expert, and she says she's not just your ordinary business attorney. Forbes magazine calls Nina one of the 25 most influential women tweeting about entrepreneurship. She's a Mets fan by marriage, a former stand-up comic like me. I just try to be funny sitting down now, Nina. And she's a sought-after speaker. Nina, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. Let's go. We got to do this on the clock, kids. Two minutes or less. Predictions. Jeff Hattendorf, go. All right. So the first one, one of your earlier guests mentioned social inclusion, and I actually expect social media to be more about specialization going into next year. Applications like Neighbors or Nextdoor that allow you to communicate with your neighbors and, and be social but be confined. And as a middle-aged dad, tools like Snapchat and Now After School will keep my teenage daughter one step ahead of me as I attempt to monitor what she's doing online. In the world of, of corporations and professional planning where I spend most of my life, we're going to see 2016 that, that big companies finally start to use the big data that exists internally to predict or plan how their business operates. As we move into the year 2017 and further, that's when I expect the, the FP&A teams of those companies to really put on their Karnak hats and begin to try and predict mm -hmm. the future, not just using the data that's internal to their company, but the big data that exists outside the company and bring those two things together. That's it. Thank you. Wonderful. Jack Schmidt at SAP, I'm ready for you. Let's keep it to 90 seconds so we can get everybody to tell us what they're drinking for the holiday. Jack, go ahead. Okay, Bonnie, we'll keep it simple. I'm really excited about the transition to value-based health care and how we'll be focusing on outcomes rather than the old fee-for-service models. And this is really going to be enabled by the Internet of Things finally taking hold in the health sciences world 
where we'll really find uh, customer companies getting closer to patients, monitoring uh, all the kind of behaviors around adherence and outcomes to really improve healthcare overall. We've seen some things happening, some foundational things, com- uh, life science companies, pharma companies investing in some technical platforms, things like smart inhalers and smart pill bottles that are really going to uh, set the foundation and I think change the game for deeper engagement with patients, a deeper focus on outcomes, um, and an overall lower cost of healthcare as well. So I'm really excited about this trend taking hold. It's been something that's been incubating for some time, and I believe we're really poised to move this forward in terms of the, the next big trend in healthcare and health sciences. And that's it, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Owen Pettiford, you're up. Let's keep it tight. Go ahead, Owen. Well, I, I think um, 2016 is going to be the year of the laggard. And, and what I mean by that is that for a long time we've seen these various technology trends coming into the market around mobility, social, cloud, IoT, big data. And I think the companies that have not taken advantage of any of those things yet will start to really see an obvious gap between those and the people who are doing something with it. And they'll start to lose revenue and they'll start to lose employees. So I think that gap that has perhaps not been so obvious in the last couple of years, where people start taking the innovations they've done to scale, those laggards are going to become pretty obvious, and I think they're going to struggle to you know keep up and get back on with the game. I think the other trend we're going to see is a big backlash against um, or towards privacy and um, a focus on people's own data. You know, the data uh, breaches and we've had over this year, I think, are going to just raise people's um, awareness of that, and we're going to see some some, um, some backlash and make sure we need to move security to, you know, uh, security to low. That's it. Thank you very much. Wow, you guys are really doing the lightning round. Nina Kaufman, can you keep up? Go ahead. What do you see? I sure can, Bonnie. And one of the things I think that we're, as we're seeing more life-threatening events uh, <clears throat> in the world in San Bernardino and Paris, um, people are becoming more eager for meaning in their lives and their work. So I think 2016 is going to show that continued exploration of flexible, and as Kevin Wheeler in your last segment pointed out, the contingent workforces, uh, and, and also sort of as, as Owen touched on, those laggards who are not using cloud, who are not being as flexible, who are not necessarily giving their employees the work culture that they're looking for, uh, are, are going to find themselves you know, gradually being eased out of the market. So I think it's that sense of meaning in work, flexibility, and technology advances, which are going to uh, be some of the hallmarks of work in 2016. Wonderful. Thank you. You were the four of you are amazing. And now we have time just quickly for what's your favorite holiday drink? Jeff Hattendorf, what are you going to be drinking? A lovely hot chocolate with just a bit of schnapps. Oh, I like. Haven't heard that word in a long time. Uh, peppermint schnapps or, or the regular kind? Uh, the peppermint kind. I, I, I know you. I know you. Jack Schmidt, what are you going to be drinking? <laughs> Bonnie, I'm going to support some of my local uh, local colleagues in, in uh, some uh, local microbrews. I'm excited about that, getting out and spending some time in the community. Wonderful. Terrific. Sounds like a plan. Owen Pettiford, what are you going to be drinking? Uh, my favorite warm English flat beer called Pale Rider. Ooh, is that R-I-D-E-R or R-Y-D-E-R? I think a horse rider. Okay, R-I-D-E-R. Nina Kaufman, what are you going to be drinking? Okay, for the holidays, I'm drinking a Scapa single malt scotch whiskey from the island of Orkney, which I visited many years ago. 
Wow. I think I can spell that if I try really hard. Thank you to the four of you. Such a pleasure. You certainly closed out the show with some great predictions. And I want to say happy holidays to our listeners around the world from everyone here at Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio. Please mark your calendar for next Wednesday, December 16th. I'll be back at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can calculate wherever that is in your time zone with another 16 guests in 57 minutes. They said it couldn't be done. I'm trying to break our record and give you 48 thought leaders in three weeks on three shows. So there. I predict we're going to have a whole bunch of new series. We're starting in January, the future of the future with Game Changers, the future of cars with Game Changers, digital industries changing the future, and the future of the extended supply chain. What can I tell you? It's going to be great. So thank you to my wonderful panelists. Thank you to Justin and the Business Channel team. And let me do my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. Well, with what everybody's drinking, you'd better not even be behind the wheel, but just for the hell of it. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.